Aros. Welcome to that podcast you listen to, Out of the Podcast, back for another week of listening. Maybe we'll uh, have a good runtime on this one. I feel like this movie could go either way. We're either going to breeze through it or we're going to stop and have a lot to talk about. Thank you for joining us. We're talking They Won't Believe Me today. We're going to get into it, but first let's check in with Jalopy Dan. Had to bring it back for this movie, which uh, did reference a jalopy. Spoiler so far. And with him, as always, is Gentleman Joey. That's me. You can call me $300, $300 jalopy, Dan. There you go. That's the right price. The nice price. Yeah. Welcome to this show. I'm still waiting to hear on my jalopy, but the good news, Dan, this is an update for everybody. We're waiting. So last week, to catch everyone up, the car broke down on the way home from work. It seemed like it was a belt issue or something like that, but a rod had slipped in the engine. And I know I sound like I know what I'm talking about, but all my car information comes for, <laughs> from when it happens to me, and then I'm a pro afterwards. That makes um, me think of uh, Seinfeld when, uh, when uh, they're talking about like, mechanics, like making up prices, and, and he's like, yeah, you can, they can make up anything. He's like, yeah, the, the Johnson rod, blah, 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 <laughs> when he said rod. And like, Absolutely. Like, yeah, that's exactly There's what There's nothing it is. more terrifying than going to the shop, for sure. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that happened, and, but with my car, Kia, there was like an engine recall this year, so it made had been covered by this or i was just like completely out of a car but they're gonna cover it i get a whole new engine for free and that's my awesome so good news coming here so they just pop pop it out basically and then pop the new one in is pop that, the is new that, one that, in. that's how it works it's like essentially you snap, you snap yeah. it you snap it in and i'm sure go. that's why i'm still waiting for it a week later is just yeah. that quick pop in they're just waiting for the lego pieces exactly i mean that's just how i think cars work We'll see. I sort of expect to hear from them today, but I tried calling. They were busy. Let's hope it was because they were busy with my car. That's all yes. I got for car talk, but I just wanted to update everyone. So it looks like we got a part three coming next week. <laughs> I'll have it and we'll be driving it. Also, You'll be on, uh, the, on the road. <laughs> yeah. I got this. Uh, Spotify just offered this thing called car thing. It's like a little like digital display for Spotify hmm. that you can like mount in your car. So interesting cost like seven dollars that's cheap at right now because like just paid the price of shipping but allegedly it's like 90 bucks wow that's have so, you been you are you like ready to use have you tried it in like any other has car? not arrived <laughs> yet and no i will not celebrate until the the car is ready my nice, car nice thing and car thing together yes yeah, so we'll check back on in this too you know maybe we'll get a little sponsorship money from spotify or the car thing specific, yeah. specifically we do pretty good on spotify you know what's weird about analytics is like I check our analytics for the show and I feel like everybody tells me something completely different. So we're <laughs> either doing all right or we're yeah. like really killing it. Yeah, that's what I would expect. We get a lot of new listeners. Uh, there's been a lot of people coming out, so that's good. Word, word, word of mouth is spreading, apparently. It is. Well, I mean, I think it helps that Noir Alley is back. I mean, it's been back for a little bit. They sh- yes. uh, even not on Noir Alley, but on TCM the other day, I was watching. They had like just a streak of film noir, and there was the Hitchhiker. A couple of days after we just watched it, Detour, Gun Crazy. I did sit for Gun Crazy. I watched the same thing. I there actually caught, I caught some of Gun Crazy. I, I saw that they were doing it, but it was all during the workday, so I didn't get to watch it. But then that Gun Crazy I, was I'm coming off, on baby. The yeah. They knew. They're like, here you go, my friend. Enjoy these movies you love. And they uh, knew. I was in. And Touch Evil had just shown too. So, I mean, a lot of it is just we're, we're catching up. But I think that's going to help with listenership too. Totally. No, I, I agree. People think about these movies. I mean, you know, so many of them, they leave such a lasting impression on you and you, you want to continue the discussion. And that's why we're here. Yep. I could see that happening with this one. This one, um, we'll get into it. There's a lot to talk about. 
You won't believe me. Yeah, it's, that's what I was waiting. I was waiting on if I would believe you or not. I'm trying. <laughs> You'll find out if I'm guilty or not by the end, sir. I can't wait. How are you? I'm doing all right. I mean, I know we caught up a little bit, but I don't know if you had anything in your pocket you were saving. You watch any I, movies? I, I watched a few. I did. I actually had saved something that I made no mention of specifically so we could talk about it on the podcast. You trickster, sir. I'm starting, like I'm, st- I'm starting to, I'm starting to get, get up to things now that we're on episode 24. So I watched this morning. I, I, it kept popping up on like Hulu because I've been, I've been rewatching Seinfeld a lot on Hulu. And it keeps popping up all the time. I'm like, finally, I'm just like, all right, I'm going to watch it. It's a documentary that came out like three years ago, The Orange Years, about Nickelodeon. And I watched it this morning. I was like, finally, I was just like, I was watching Seinfeld. I watched a couple episodes. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to watch it. So I put it on. And it Talking was about ju- the early years of Nickelodeon and it, how it came together. Yes. Well, actually, early years, but it, it goes up through, you know, to almost today. I mean, it, oh, it it's goes like through, the full story. Yeah, it's the full story. Yeah. I mean, they, they focus a lot on the beginning. I mean, it because they have like, a very interesting beginnings. It was a, a wild west over there. Yeah. Just trying to figure out how to, to fill up this children programming. And there's a lot of experiments. And that's why there was so much memorable television that we still talk about today. Is, exactly. Is, uh, and that's what, what I wanted to bring for. up. It's, yeah. it's just that, you know, I feel like for, at least for our generation, it's like, it was such a huge part of our lives. I mean, oh yeah, for me, it caught it's it, like, we caught it right at the right time. Yeah. I, I feel like in, in some ways, I feel like this is one of the few things I feel like really lucky and fortunate that we were able I to think so. some of those shows, you know? I, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people say that about their childhood and what they're very nostalgic for, but I mean, this thing was tailored to us. You were getting nonstop programming. I mean, you get a little Nick at night at night, but they're just preparing you for the world ahead, you know? Yep what you're going to become when you do right. the switch and you're like, I'm going to watch cheers now and not watch Clarissa explain it all. <laughs> yeah. But I think they do a pretty good job overall. I mean, they, they did bring in a lot of people that worked on the shows, a lot of the creators and a lot good of the talking actors. heads. Yeah. Yeah. They were, they, and I'm glad Danny that they, Tamborelli. Uh, yes, he did. Yes, I was going to say appear. he's, he's not available. I saw him at Ortlieb's, you know, like you yeah. can't get this guy out of, out of show. No, big Pete and little Pete were both on it. But uh, I, I love... Didn't you play with him at Where Leaves? Was that a Cabana Wear show? I know Brian had played. Maybe it was no, not for longs. It was not for longs. It wasn't yeah, us. I wish. That was, I, that was quite a night. Yeah, I, I did not make it out to that show. I wish I had. Because, I, I mean, that was like my favorite show growing up. I mean, like I, you know, as far as like Nickelodeon shows go... He's I mean, just that sitting the there eating nachos like a dude. Yeah. I mean, but he did not watch any bands whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't have to. He's, he doesn't, he doesn't have to. That's why I was just smiling and said, you do what you got to do, little Pete. You were my hero at one time. Did you actually say that to him verbatim? I said it with him? my eyes, and that's why he stayed where he stayed. He understood. Yeah, he was like, okay, thank you. Don't talk to me, and uh, yes. I'm going to eat another nacho now. Please don't talk about my if I have an actual petunia tattoo on my arm or not. Yeah, either I asked to put out the jounce tape or get out. Yeah, pretty much. Well, yeah, no, it, I think, and they do a nice job of talking about a little Melissa bit Melissa Joan Hart there? Yes, yes, she's on it. All right, they got the um, heavy hitters. Mark got, Summers? Yes, a lot of Mark right. Summers. Wait, wait, let me see if I can keep keep guessing them. Okay. Uh, Keenan, you got Keenan Thompson? Yep. You got Kel Mitchell? Yep. Of course, Kel's there. They got uh, that Josh dude we're, we were talking about recently. Josh Server? Yeah. Yep, he was there. Dope. They got Lori Beth? Yep. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a lot of all that. Amanda Bynes? No. They did okay. not get her, but that makes sense, especially around that time it was being uh, that documentary was being made. Like she was, she was going through some stuff. Right. That that's what I guess. Did they but, get Larissa Olenek? Yes. Alex Mack. Yes, yes she did. Yep, I'm she really, was on you it. You like that reference? Um, yep. they get fucking um, 
Shelby Whoop. I don't remember what her real name was. No, no, they didn't get that. that like that was the thing. Like they went Big up P, to like uh, Morona, Michael Morona, wasn't that his name? Yeah, Big Pete. Yeah, yeah, Big Pete. He was and there. Pete. Yep. Yeah, both were there. I'm trying to think who else. Who's some um, wild cards? Some wild cards on there. So they well, I mean, they was got Alanis the, there. Alanis Morissette. No, she was she on a show. I mean, I guess it was more of a Canadian show, but Nickelodeon did distribute. You can't do that on television in the. They US. did talk about they can't do that on television, but they didn't have many mention of her on there. I mean, I used to watch that show. I remember that, but that was like early. Loved early it. Days. That show is so surreal. Like yeah, I mean that that was like the predecessor, and that was like one of the first things they brought over. And yeah, that's I mean, how they I think, got the slime. I mean, that's yeah, I think how they that's, got, yeah. yeah, exactly. And it was weird because it wasn't something that originated from them. I, like what? It was just like they needed something to syndicate and have right. programming, fill it up. Right. They, they were actually struggling to get things until they started deciding to make, just make their own content. And that's kind of how they got to the point where they were you know, making the, the first couple of shows. Like they had Christine Taylor from uh, Hey Dude. They talked about Hey Dude for a while. Did they have um, Blake from Rilo Kylie? No, um, but they did have uh, Budnick and uh, Donkey Lips from Salute Your Shorts on there. Hell yeah. Do those guys have a podcast? I don't know. Probably. They should. Maybe they want to do our podcast. Well, Danny Cooksey had the second second career as a uh, voice of Stoop Kid on uh, on Hey Arnold. Yeah, well, he definitely he definitely like stayed in with Nickelodeon. I'm sure. Yeah, um, he's also in Terminator too. That's true. Judge Judgment Day. Yes. Just to be clear, it's Judgment yeah. Day. There's um, other Terminator twos out there, but we need you to know which day we were judging upon. Yes. I'm trying to think if there was anybody else that would be like maybe like a little bit of a surprise. Well, I mean, what was really cool for me because like one of my did they other... have Mike O'Malley from Guts. Yes, that was one disappointing thing is they they did not really go into they they went through a period where like they talked and briefly about. Do they have Kirk Fogg from Legends of the Hidden Temple? Yes, so that's he was my on man. It. All right, yes. watch this thing now because that's everybody I want officially for the most part. Well, that's what I was gonna say. So there's a little like there was a little couplet where they talked about those. A little bit later, like mid '90s, early mid '90s, game shows in a row. So they were like, we talked a little bit about guts. They talked a little about Legends of the Temple. Talk about Nick Arcade, and then they kind of just kept going. Like they didn't spend a whole lot. Those of time. are the big three. I mean, I remember they had a lot of, especially at one point, they were doing one at like in the afternoon. You could watch that was on like in the weekday where they had like the stars of Nickelodeon. It was like a yeah, like a quiz show or something. You know, almost like when you know they'd be like some kid, like a. I almost want to say like a password or like a. I'm, it you know, was a uh, yeah. It was uh, with uh, Daisy Fuentes was the, yes, was the host. Yeah. I can't think of the name of that show. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. They didn't. Talk I didn't about like that. it. I don't mean to be spending so much real yeah. estate on the, that shitty show, but I love to this day. I love Legend, Legends of the Hidden Temple. They just announced that they're going to be remaking it for adults, so I might apply. Yeah, you should. I, I hope Kirk Fogg is hosting it. I know they made like so a. They made a movie at one point a few years back for Nickelodeon, and it was like, you know, oh, I do the set was that. haunted, but they got Kirk Fogg back. I don't know if they got Olmec back or if they recast. But That's what I was going to ask about. Because that you was know my, my we- favorite part of that show was then. Was it Omeg talking? It was when, um, so like, you'd, you, the kids would compete. You get to the end, you get to the temple, right? Right. And then uh, you'd figure out, Olmec would be like, who's going to the temple first? And then like, you know, some little little kid would be like, I am. <laughs> and then, you know, like Olmec would be like, very well, Brittany. And then like the kid would be like, so psyched that his, they said his name. And I like watching, or they'd be like too cool for it. He'd be like, fuck you, man. I hope you don't make it. <laughs> and I know you won't because no one makes it to the temple. I remember I, I would always be like, kind of like, not panic, but I would always be, I would always be scared at home for when someone's going to jump out and like, like, I don't like jumps oh, yeah. like that, like in person. So like, I'm scares. Yes. Yeah, so for me, it's like, 
I was just anti- like the anticipation of like, you know, it's going to happen in that, in that mm-hmm. final session. You're just like, it's like a matter of when. And like that, that anticipation would always like freak me out. But I did like Omeg's voice. Like it was very, it was very common when he'd be like, yeah, Earhart, you know, in 1920. Right. Like, you actually it, it, felt it, like you were taking in the information yeah. too. Like you, you, right. he found a way to make you listen to what he was saying. Like he, he was a great teacher. I think, you know, nationwide, especially during the pandemic, like he should have been taking over some of these Zoom calls. Yeah. But even I, like, I love him as a yoga teacher, you know, something like that. Breathing. <laughs> Daniel. I, yeah. You could do like meditation kind of things, you know, like I, I feel like that would be cool. I, I think even like for me, like just even the small things, because they like would show like as they're talking, like throughout the documentary, they would show like little clips of like some of the animation they do even just like in between stuff. I mean, they the didn't talk about, yeah. Yeah. They, they didn't talk about stick stickly, which kind of upset me, but and they and they skipped over like actually now like a blam like that that stuff was kind of like where they sort of that's stopped. a little more your generation that's when i was starting yeah. to come out i mean i like that stuff but yeah i was i was starting to tap out around that. you were like three years older than me <laughs> yeah but those three years make a difference in nickelodeon years you know that yeah i guess i suppose but i mean i i lived through all that same stuff too at least the early stuff i mean i still watched it i was a little bit yeah younger, but I, I still no i'm not it. saying that we're different i'm just saying i, I was there i just yeah. that's when i was like oh uh i'm i'm gonna see what else i'll watch seinfeld Right. I would go in the opposite direction of your Hulu uh, jump. I'd be like, all right, let, let's see if Seinfeld's on. You were dipping your toes in a little bit. You're watching like Mad About You or something and seeing what that's all Fuck about. Fuck you. Fuck you, Dan. <laughs> you asshole. Mad about, I'm mad about you. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> why you. that, I, I just picked that because it just seemed the most random one to totally. pick. Totally. Um, so I apologize, but I'm, kind, uh, I'm sorry, but I'm kind of not. You know, like I will say this uh, on this. I'm not. I'm still pretty much not interested in Mad About You for the most part. Uh-huh. But I like Paul Reiser more as an adult than I did as a kid. I I do like Paul Reiser now. Yeah, no, that's he, fair. He just seemed very hacked to me as a kid, but he he wasn't for me, you know. Right. One of my favorite movies I discovered in my twenties was Diner, which he's phenomenal in. It mm-hmm. was one of his first films, along with like everybody ever. Steve Gutenberg's in that. Gutenberg, Kevin Bacon, Mickey mm-hmm. Rourke, Daniel Stern. I mean, like all all the heavy hitters. Yes. And he's great in that. And he, yeah, I liked him as far as recent stuff. He was good in Whiplash. So it was nice to see him in Whiplash. Cool. I didn't I didn't see that, but I really like Whiplash. It was weird because I don't like Miles Teller at all, mm-hmm. but it helped with that rule. But it, it just, it, it was, I don't know, just coming from the music world we did, even though I'm not necessarily a player, but just, you know, talent and being driven and inspiration and having to deal with the adversities, you know, it's good stuff to me. I like that. Sure. My favorite version of that would be, oh man, what was that movie called? It was the David Chase movie that he did. I gotta, look that, I gotta look that up. It was one of Gandolfini's like last movies too. But it was, it was like, the Sopranos, the TV movie, right? That, it's still coming. I'm, I'm so curious how that's going to turn out. And apparently it, it's real hot. Sopranos real hot right now. I'm going to admit something to you that I think might upset you. Um, I'm just, I'm just going to call it. I know you've never seen the Sopranos. Dan. Yes. I want to admit that. I know you, you didn't yes. even need to, but this movie, this film's called not fade away. It came out in 2012. Okay. Um, David Chase, he was a musician originally. He was a drummer. That was mm-hmm. his passion. And also he was really good at singing. And he's into like Stones era rock and roll. And so it's just that time of trying to start a band and what rock and roll means to you. It's, it's very well done. I, I loved it. It's a deep cut. Secret secret gem. Cool. I'm a fan of those. Secret gems. I'd even say watch it. I'd even love to see you watch that, not watching The Sopranos and having any expectations. I will look into it. 
I, I'm a big David Chase fan. He he did a lot of writing on Northern Exposure. Did you ever watch that? I remember that show. I don't really think I watched it that much, but I definitely remember it. It's kind of a shame because of the, the music rights issues that it's impossible to syndicate. Ugh. It's ruined uh, so many shows over the years. Totally. And so it's just this jam that no one, it was such a big deal in our day that is just gone now. I mean, that thing rivaled Twin Peaks in its time and actually outlasted it too. Yeah. I mean, same thing happened with Wonder Years. I mean, that's one of my other all-time favorite shows. I mean, granted, I I fortunately, I bought all like the Time Life original ones that they were able to get the the music on that. Because I think on streaming sites, I think it's it's all different. It's all a whole mess. But I don't know what it is now. I know at one point when it first came out on streaming, they did have the right sort of They did. And then but it, I think they may have lost it because apparently that happened with Freaks and Geeks too, which is why I was just pressured to buy the, the Blu-ray set because it was going out of print Right from Shout Factory. Yes. Did yeah, a it's a shame. Job. Yeah, because yeah, that's great music too. Yeah, it's just, totally. it just sucks. Couldn't imagine it without it. And you know there's so many people that don't care. I will right. say on the opposite spectrum of that, I, I just finished watching Daria again. Mm-hmm. I got that DVD set and they had to change all that music. And I don't notice it. It's not a big deal for that. Because it wasn't, it was more just like, hey, we're MTV and this is our catalog that we have to put on. It wasn't like usually too much around the scene. And if it was, they did get the rights for it. Hmm. So Sometimes it works, I guess. Hey, yeah. Sometimes you believe it and sometimes you won't believe me. That's my segue, Dan. You like it? I, I love it. So we had conjured this movie. You had mentioned it when we were watching Crossfire with Robert Young mm-hmm. that he had this other movie that you had seen on TCM that, that really blew you away. It wasn't available anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh boy, I hope we get to it someday. Then like a, less than a week later, I believe, it was announced from Warner Archive that this thing was coming. It was and, literally, yeah. Like within, even maybe even in, within a week, maybe less than a week. Yeah, it, that's what I mean. Like, I bizarre. don't think it took a full week yeah. to the next record of an episode to be like, oh, here it is. Yeah. And, and that was, that was really fascinating because it sounded cool when you mentioned it and, and here it is. And Warner Archive, I mean, they just announced stuff and it's usually like, yeah, it's coming next month. I think it used to not be so much like that, but these last like years, so it definitely has been like, here it is and it, it, you know, pre-order it now. It'll, it'll be coming in a few weeks. Probably because people are sitting at home now more. So it's like, I guess they, maybe they just ramped up the schedule a bit just to be like, hey, let's get these out. And I mean, as we said, it seems like there's been more restorations coming because of this pandemic yeah. and a lot of deep cuts in it. And that's great. But and we're fans the, of that. We are fans of that. Here it is. And the other thing is because, yeah, you said it was never even on DVD, right? It was just VHS no. before that. So Correct. Yeah. Here we are. And they also had restored uh, more minutes to it, about like 15, 15 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Because originally it was, yeah, they reissued it in 1957 as part of a double feature and they, they cut it down and then that's all anyone had for many years. That's what they would show on TCM. Mm-hmm. And so this, this was a big deal. Yeah. Did you notice what minutes were restored? Because it, this print is pretty yeah. flawless. I was expecting to see a quality change, but it, it was pristine the whole time. A couple little things I didn't remember. I've, I've only seen this one other time, and it was like you said, it was on T, it was on Noir Alley on TCM a while yeah. ago. So I the was the best tra- you can. I was looking right. to see if anyone had said what the differences were, and I couldn't come up with it. So for some reason, I don't remember. There's a scene towards the end where they're talking, and he's behind bars while he's awaiting the sentence. And for whatever reason, I don't remember that. Scene. He talks so about how he's already guilty. Yeah, but may, maybe it wasn't in it. But like for some reason, it, I don't remember it. Like there's Seems a couple kind of like crucial, but I could see that. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple of little things like that, but in general, like I didn't notice anything that really stood out to me because most of it I did remember. I mean, I remember the general plot. I remember some of the some of the specific scenes in it. But yeah, I was looking for that because I'm like I'm trying to like I was trying to be like, is there anything that looks like markedly different from what I remember? 
It must and just I, be several little things. Like yeah, the, the, I think that's the case. I think more than as anything. As opposed to one chunk. Right. At first, I thought it was maybe some of the beginning stuff because, I mean, we're, we're in it for a while before, you know, the movie becomes why we're covering it today. I think it was some in the beginning. I think some it, of the yeah. initial thing, that, that definitely felt longer than I remember it being. So I think yeah, that could be true. It did feel long, but when I was trying to say, like, okay, what could it be? It's like, everything feels pretty essential. Like, I couldn't yeah. imagine what you would need to cut. But So it's directed by Irving Pitchell, who was also an actor as well as a director. And mm-hmm. he's an extra in the courtroom. And it was written by crime writer Jonathan Latimer and produced by Joan Harrison, who was actually Alfred Hitchcock's longtime assistant and collaborator. She co-wrote his films Foreign Correspondent from 1940 and Rebecca from the same year. And she was the first woman screenwriter who was nominated for an Oscar. And at the time of this film's release, actually, she was only one of three female producers in Hollywood. She also produced Phantom Lady, which is another film noir that I absolutely love with Ella Rains. It seemed like everything she produced was film noir. So I, yeah. I'd be curious to hear if, if it just worked out that way because they're such you know, cheap pictures, easy to jump on, or just she had a love for it. But she did Nocturne in 1946. Yes. And Ride the Pink Horse in 1947. Which I've never seen and would like to get to because it's on Criterion. And I've Great never, title. I never got around to it. And I always wanted to. You heard it here first, folks. We're putting it on the list. Yep. So this film came out from RKO Radio Pictures, another RKO, July 16th, 1947. It was completed a year earlier, but it took a second to come out. Anything you'd like to say before we get into it, Dan? I I still loved it. I still I guess loved we're it. Yes, yeah, so let's talk about our feelings. You did still love it. I still loved it, yeah. Um, no, nothing had changed for you at all. No, It was good to be back. How long, was, ago had it, how long had it been since you'd seen this? Say maybe close to a year. Okay, so fresh enough. Yeah, like it, you know, I, I, but to my perspective, it's like I watch so many movies all the time that like it almost feels like more times pass because I just, I just try to consume as many films as I can. But yes, I, I, I found it. I think the same way I found it earlier. I feel like it's a slow burn in the beginning, but once it goes on and you get a real sense of the characters, it's ridiculous. Like it's so, it just. It I'd say during the slow burn is when you're getting the the sense of the character. So immediately you're kind of confused because we open right with the prosecution. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a murder trial uh, for Larry Ballantine played by Robert Young. Great name. Great name. I like Ballantine. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, he he heads to the stand. He's telling a story They they go, they shoot through everybody who's in the courtroom. You see Jane Greer, you get psyched. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm here, Dan. I knew, I I knew you would get psyched. And there's, there's something else that I want, I'll get through throughout the film, but there's, Something that he says throughout the film that made me think of you every time he said it. Oh, yeah, baby. Exactly. So, you know, you know it. Yeah, every time he's a baby, I'm like, I know if, if nothing else, I was like, I, like Joey's going to appreciate the amount of babies. That, I wanted to do like a count. Like, I wanted to actually go back and count how many times because he says it a lot. He does say it a lot. Pretty much. He's got a lot of babies in the in the mix, you know? That's so true. He's, he's going to, and you know, you don't want to mix up names. So, you just say baby. He's a pro. This guy is a pro. Yeah. We're going to get into it. He is so fascinating. See, he gets up to the stand to tell his story. It's very weird because there's no one, like, no lawyers. They all sit, they're sitting down. He's like, all right, don't mind if I do. Why don't you guys sit down and I'll spin you a little yarn. Yeah. It's a hot one too. Oh boy, that that hot, hot courtroom as they used to be, I guess. That's how courtrooms work, right? You just go up there and tell a story, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Let me tell you my side of the story and we'll find out if I'm going to get a fine here. So you believe me. (laughs) <laughs> they they won't dan they're not gonna That's he, took, he took an oath though he took an oath he did he did so we're going back to a flashback and it, it starts with larry he's what is it a bar or a restaurant that they go to yeah it's like a little a little bar yeah it's like a bar yeah. club yeah yeah nice little place to go on the saturday afternoons they have a regular meeting we meet janice bell who's played by jane greer mm-hmm. 
so great. Great to see her. They just were kind of working together. What was his job again? He does, um, it's like with stocks, like brokerage. He's like a broker. That's right. And all these women he's around, they make big money. It's a very positive portrayal in that sense. You're very successful women, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to housewives or these femme fatales that are just trying to get theirs. Mm-hmm. If anything, he's the femme fatale. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they start, they really start to develop feelings. She has a broken cigarette case and he goes to buy her a nice gold one. Then he gets busted by his wife, Greta, who's played by Rita Johnson. Because mm-hmm. he goes to like this anniversary party. It's their five-year anniversary. Yep. He's totally forgot. The family's there. Her aunt is there, who's just like the meanest woman ever. And I expected more from her, but she doesn't come back at all. Nope. I mean, they mention her a little bit, but they, but she doesn't actually come back. She's going to yeah. get a package at one point, but we don't get to see that package or any any repercussions. Especially and she was also a, bit, uh, an alleg- a supposed visitor that would be staying with them in a, in a guest house that he would have to build. That was another... Uh, Total drag. Yeah. Well, I guess we should mention that Jan- that Janice, they were, I mean, they were having an affair. I mean, bottom line is that, you know, that this, they had this some point, type of it relationship. Started to, yeah. Yes. And so anyways, he, he goes, he's at that party and she's like, I bet you think I forgot. He pulls out the, the cigarette case. It's a good move, but it's not even for her. You see, I told you he'd forget. Don't judge everybody by yourself. Forget what? Nothing important. Just your fifth anniversary, old boy. Never mind, darling. I know how busy you've been. That's for you. It's a gold wristwatch. You know, Speed, if you hadn't told me, I'd never have guessed it. (laughs) (laughs) Here, let me put it on for you. More than you deserve, forgetting your own anniversary. What makes you think I forgot it? I'd say it was an elementary deduction. For you, baby. Oh, Larry. (laughs) Oh, Larry, it's lovely. Thank you. They meet up again. She's saying, I got another job up in Canada, right? Montreal. Montreal. And she's going to head off, and he doesn't like that. He said, I'm going to come with you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bail on Greta. The, the relationship's been over. I'm coming with you. We're so going he, to Canada. We're going to Canada, and uh, I'm going to tell her. He says, I'm going to tell her everything. Then it cuts to when we come back to him. He's packing up, and he thinks she's gone. He was never going to tell her. The dude is a total coward. Yeah. <laughs> He is such a scumbag, which is fascinating because Robert Young, you know, he always played well-adjusted, good, yeah. good, good guys. Yeah, especially coming from Crossfire so recently. I love him as a scumbag. Yeah, he's, he's great. He's great. Um, I mean, sadly, he's, he's, he's creepy. He's a creep, but he's, he's great. He's such a creep, yeah. but he's a, he is a like – because, yeah, you get the stats and you're like, I'm not going to like this guy. But yeah. he's, the people didn't necessarily agree. When he did an interview on the Dick Cavett show in September of 1968, he claimed he made one pitcher, which he played a nasty character – resulting in a box office flop, which was this one. A little too soon, uh, I think, that's, people just missed this one that week, you know? Yeah. I'd like to see what was in theaters at the same time. Yes. I think that would contextualize so many of these flops. But yeah, so Greta comes back. He wasn't going to tell her anything, but she's like, eh, I know what's going on, but I'll put up with it. I know we about you got, and your model boat. We just got to move yeah. across the country. Oh, yeah, the model boat, which was interesting. Yeah. So yeah, she proposes, let's move across the country. I bought you a job. Yeah, basically <laughs> I bought her away yeah. Yeah, shares into this company, a quarter interest in a brokerage, and we're going to move away from all these friends I forced you upon. Yeah. That sounds great. Let's go. I don't, yeah, I don't need to tell Janice anything. Yeah, um, I mean, he's taking the money, basically. He's, he's just basically like, there's no love there, but he's just like, he keeps getting pulled back because A, he's married, but B, it's like, you know, he's, he's got like this, you know, he's got a ticket. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, 
That's is, just it. Is, He's is, entirely is, there yeah. for the money. Even yeah. though, you know, stick around. Jane Greer is going to do just fine. She's on the rise. Like, but he's got big tastes. Yeah. That's all. So they, they head to California. They're on the train. And it's a great reveal because it shows him on the train. And you don't know who he's with. And then right. it have to be Greta. You see the arm and stuff like that. You, you like wonder what's going on. And then. You know what? I bet he called her Regretta. <laughs> I thought you were just going to say baby. I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure he did call her baby. Oh, I'm sure. So yeah, we show him in California. His boss kind of sucks. Uh, his boss has a, a pretty good assistant, Verna Carlson, who's played by Susan Hayward. Mm-hmm. So great to see Susan Hayward again. I was just gushing over her and I want to live, mm-hmm. which is a film noir they keep saying. So I'm putting it on the list at some point. Okay. Cause it's fucking incredible, but she's there. She's awesome. Uh, she's like, like a stick of dynamite. She's like a stick of dynamite or something about dynamite. Something like that. She looked like a very special kind of dynamite, neatly wrapped in nylon and silk. Only I wasn't having any. I'd been too close to one explosion already. I was powder shy. Yeah. And you know what? Jane Greer had a great line earlier, too, where she said she was going to slit someone's throat when Larry was talking to someone before, when she was mm-hmm. walking into that bar. Yeah. I, I, I thought that was great. Hello, Miss Bell. Hello, Nick. Where's that man? He's here. But I must tell you, Miss Bell, within my stable, there's the most beautiful blonde. A blonde, eh? Oh, cut her throat from ear to ear. Verna, she's she's a great assistant. She saves Larry's ass for something he forgot to do because he's not a good worker. He's not really good at anything. No. At all. Well, I like that. That's what I like about it. It's just like, it, I think he said, what, it's been like six months that he'd been there and like... Yeah. And he's already like basically like on the lookout. He's basically like, oh, I see this stick of dynamite. Like he's already kind of like operating again. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's he moved. Long, he he you know? thought he could be a good guy, and no, he's still just a scumbag. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like he couldn't. Like, it's less than a year. The good thing about Verna, though, is I mean, a she she's attracted to Larry. She takes care of him. She mm-hmm. sends a letter and says that he wrote it to keep his job. And then um, she's like, hey, guess what? I'm a gold digger myself. <laughs> yeah. Let's put the cards on the table. That's what I'm all about. And, you know, I'm a little involved with Trenton too, but. But she's flirting with him. I mean, there's that nice little scene where we're talking about. She's like, very, she's definitely interested. Yes. Right. So they begin a thing and it doesn't take long for Greta to figure this out. They're at, they go to a concert together and run into everyone there. Mm-hmm. He like kisses her too at that concert, Verna. And I totally thought he was going to get busted. Like she puts her arm around it, but the way that arm came out, it looked like it was Greta's arm like coming. Yeah. Yeah. And well, it, first, well, first she mentions that they're going to, that she's going to marry Trenton. So she knows that, that she's just getting under the skin of, of, uh, yeah, he do not like that. Yeah. So like that, he goes and confronts her and is basically like, no, you know, I still love you, blah, blah, blah. And he, and he like forces himself on, onto her. So it looks like that's going to happen again. <laughs> yeah. But then it turns out Greta's on to him and she says, I'm not going to leave you. So get that idea out of your head, sir. And you seem to like this money. So I'm, I'm selling your interest. I got a nice old Spanish ranch in the mountains. There's no phone there. There's, there's nothing, no way you could get distracted and cause any trouble. And uh, you're going to come or you're going to go. This time he does actually tell Verna that he actually goes to Verna and says, yeah, I'm, I'm, I got to go. Yeah. You know I love you, Verna, but we've got to figure this carefully. Larry, I'm asking you a question. Which one of us are you going to be seeing, her or me? Well, I guess her for now, Verna, but... You know, maybe Larry, you've just witnessed a memorable occasion. The one time in my life when I was on the level. 
It didn't last long, did it? Well, that drink's yours, George. The rat on my left will pay. He's got a rich wife. You know, she's, she's a strong woman. She'll be fine. And we head to the ranch, this beautiful, beautiful great, ranch. Great, great ranch, yeah. Dream, like the greatest place of all time. Like, that's exactly where I want to end up. Yeah, there's no phone, there's no mail service, but, you know, otherwise they put in electricity and everything else. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a great ranch. It's like 100 years old. Mm-hmm. And there's a there's a, a store down the road, but that's Country about store. it. Yeah. Yep. Larry's bored out of his mind. Greta's really thriving there. She has a horse mm-hmm. uh, that she loves. So, yeah, at this point, this is where the, the guest house comes in. She says, oh, that aunt's coming. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, I want you to build a guest house to give something to you, for you to do and, you know, have my aunt come. He's like, yeah, that's great. But then he gets that idea. Yeah, because he's like, oh, things were fine as long as you don't bring in these people I hate. Like, the whole yeah. point was we're out here just together, figuring it out, living it, living the life. Right. But here comes this aunt who sucks. So, of course, he's going he's gonna to start going back to his old ways. Um, well, yeah, and he sees it as an opportunity. It's like now, now he, he, he has an excuse to go use a phone. Right. Yeah. right, he's got a little bit of freedom. And he's like, oh, okay. Yes. So, yeah, exactly. If he's going to be put in this situation, he's going to work it to his advantage because he's a goddamn professional at this thing. And uh, so he's like, I know an architect who can do it. It turns out he actually goes to the store to call Verna and he goes to meet her in Los Angeles. They meet up. They make a plan together. You got to remember, these are two gold diggers. So he says, we actually have a joint account because Greta's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> She's very trusting in a sense that like, you know, as far as like, she she sticks by him like all the time like like that's something yeah. that it's just it's, it's even though she could do so much better she I could, can't yeah. imagine it'd be hard especially you know if you're gonna be looking for gold diggers like you could do better gold diggers even well I question if she really just really does love him or if it's more of like like a, a appearances kind of thing like yeah you know, how would others perceive her if she got divorced or you know what I mean like uh, of her maybe her status in society if that's what they're trying to portray in her character. I, I, I don't know. I think it's a bit of that. And I think yeah. it's a lot of just, she's just determined to make it work. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, I think it's a little bit of that. At least. Especially five years in, you know, you still have hope at that point. Right. It's not like 30 years later, you're like, okay, this guy just clearly sucks. Yeah. <laughs> she, she only knows that he like mildly sucks at this point. Yeah, exactly. You know, he's, she, she seems to know how to get it under control. So, yeah. you know, why not keep up the good work and get some horse rides and Right. So Verna and Larry, they make a plan to run away. They're going to clean out the joint checking account. And he says, I'm going to write you a check for you to cash so we can trust each other. And he actually, this time as well, he leaves a note for Greta saying, I'm out of here. You go ahead and get that divorce for us. They meet up and Verna, she's like, I don't want this check. This is not what it's about for me at this point. I'm actually a human being capable of growth. (laughs) Well, I, I guess we should also mention it was $25,000, which is a lot of money. Yeah, I think I saw like adjusted for inflation, it was almost like $200,000 yeah. or something like that. I mean, it is quite a, a lot. bit. Yeah, so they're doing great. So yeah, the check gets returned. Well, they he rips decide, it up. He, he rips it up. He rips it up, yeah. exactly. They're, so they're not going to do it. They say, you know what? This is about love. And Verna also said, hey, I got a cheap wedding ring as well at the dime store, <laughs> which as we're about to find out, it holds up quite well for a dime store ring it does at this point he's like things are looking up things we're are doing good we're doing this they stopped for a swim at one point which was nice you know but they're running out of time they're headed into reno for the wedding it's nighttime hey i've just been watching this movie that totally is going in one direction at this point now we get the noir my friend yep the lights go out and once we make this turn the shadows stay and that's one thing i really enjoyed about this movie 
Yes. Because, yeah, we're in the daytime. We're having a nice time on the ranch, you know, in the woods, on horseback. Beautiful, beautiful scenery. But now it's nighttime. They show him driving, and then you see this truck coming, and it just starts swerving. You're like, what? (laughs) What? This can't be good. And then the glass breaks, and then this car fucking flips. It's a nice accident. Really well filmed. I I recommend that. And, yeah, so she is killed and burned beyond recognition. Yes. She is a corpse, minus this ring. But he's Um, he's thrown from the vehicle. He is, and somehow she's in the driver's seat. Like, they kept pushing that like that yeah. was something. And that didn't really come yeah. together. Yeah, it was weird. Maybe they were just testing him or something. But, yeah, he wakes up in the hospital, and they're like, oh, sorry to hear about your wife because they found the ring, and they think that Verna is Greta. And <laughs> you got a police officer with a bow tie. <laughs> yep, you very classy guys. And, you know, he said, Larry says, you know what? It was Greta after all. And why do you send these strangers' ashes to (laughs) shitty aunt? Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, she gets a package that isn't even for her. Off screen, off screen. So he gets better, and he heads to the ranch. He's going to kill Greta since he's already got rid of one. Mm. But she's not there. He's looking everywhere for her, not finding him. So he heads out to the woods and goes to her favorite spot, which is a cliff at the waterfall. Mm. We opened with the waterfall during the credits as well, so this is a very important spot, clearly. And they were, and, and during the yeah during the during their t- their idyllic or somewhat idyllic time together, they do go there and yeah, when they're first at the ranch spot. and yeah. things are good, yeah, that's we get a little lead up to that too. It's not new, but they've been showing that it's a good spot, right? And uh, yes, our second film that opens with the waterfall at the credits. I'm chasing those waterfalls. Don't go chasing them, Dan. I want to though. You've missed the message of the song. Uh, Next, you're gonna go looking for scrubs. I don't want no scrubs though. Well, you you got that one correct. Okay. <laughs> A scrub is a waterfall, sir. Okay. Thank you, thank, thank, thank you for making that, that, that distinction for me. I appreciate that. You're welcome. And for uh, the music fans out there, go listen to the Afghan Wigs' cover of, uh, of Waterfalls. It's great. Oh, no, they do Creep. Sorry. Great, though. I think Eve Six does Waterfalls. Yeah, Eve Six does Waterfalls. Go ahead and check out Afghan Wigs' cover of Creep and call it a day. <laughs> go read some Eve Six Twitter if you need to, right? I mean, that is enjoyable for sure. Yes. It's still going strong. Yes. Max a little, is... little less viral, but, you know, it seems like they got a steady following. For sure. Can't wait for that new record. Well, they have, they have an EP, I guess. Can't wait for that out. new yeah. EP. Yeah, I only have the like one song. Equal Vision Records offshoot? I think it is. I I'm think that's what sure. I saw. Yeah. Cool. I see things in passing. I'm a, I'm a film noir scholar now, so... Yeah, I don't, have, I don't have time to see what Eve Six is up to. Yep, you're on to uh, to other things, believing things. Yes, I'm a believer. <laughs> I think we've exhausted our music references at this point. And I'm I'm making the Smash Mouth reference of I'm a believer, not uh, okay, not the monkeys, uh, not the monkeys. Okay, thank you for distinct, you know, making that distinction. Hey, hey, we're <laughs> gonna continue. So, yeah, he, he goes to check it out. He's on the cliff. He finds the note that he left for her. Which is pretty mean. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's totally just straight up like, all right, I'm out of here. I love this woman. And go ahead and get that divorce if you yeah, don't mind. I'm done. Bye. That th- yeah, that thing you didn't want to do, get it done. So he finds her body laying at the bottom. Did she slip? I mean, this was a little vague. I think they meant it intentionally vague. I don't know. I, I, they, I think they leave it up to, to the viewer. Or did she jump? Right? I, she saw I, the note and jumped. I'm just I, now realizing maybe. That, I think, is what they intended. 
but I got a slipping vibe myself. Right, right. And again, I think it's the ambiguity, but I think you're right. I think I, the way I see it as the, I think she, I think she did it herself. I think she. I'm on board with that. Yeah. Bro. I'll take that. So if you listen to this before watching like some sort of psychopath, <laughs> keep that in mind. Uh, well, may, hey, maybe people listen to this to see if they want to, if they find it interesting that they want to actually watch it. I know they do. I'm, I'm joking around. I just, I could never, you know? Yeah. You don't like the spoilers. I, I like, know. like we listen to how did this game made? Like I can't listen to an episode if I haven't seen the movie. What's the point? Sure. Yeah. You yeah, want to play along. Be, We're right. here to play along. That's all. Yes, that's true. So thank you to those who are keeping up. I know there's a few of you. I know we got different factions of Noiros, you know, yes. those who are coming along and those who just like the lads. There's nothing wrong with that. I would listen yeah. to us. That's the conundrum. We're just too damn entertaining. Yeah. Especially on this episode. Exactly. Yeah. I think this is a pretty entertaining so far. We're doing all right. We talked yeah. about Nickelodeon. That's what everybody's yeah. here for. That's entertainment right there. You know, in our older viewership or listenership, rather, they're like, oh, Nickelodeons, they thought. The, the <laughs> I, original I, I, meeting. Yes. Did that come up in the documentary? They talk about how they got the name, yeah. Or at least allegedly how the name came How'd to they it. get the color? That was a great story. Is they, they, they commissioned somebody to do it. And then the guy, he even mentioned, I forget the exact number. I think it was like 201, the Pantone color they picked. And they were like, something to the effect where they were trying to pick something. Because the guy that created it actually created the MTV logo. And okay. they, they were basically trying to, like, not based off that, but like go something similar. And they decided that they wanted something that, they're like, yeah, it goes with nothing. So basically, like, you're almost defacing whatever it's on. So it's kind of, like, almost, like, like superseding whatever else is behind it. So it's, like, it really becomes, like, an image of, it, of itself, basically. And I thought that was interesting. Like, that, that, that's kind of how they arrived at it. They're just like, yeah, it doesn't really go with much, but, you know, it's kind of its, its own thing. Something is, like, minimal and simple, but there's yeah. actually so much thought behind it. Yeah. 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 No, it was, it was neat. And, and it they also remind me of like on the Nick Jr. one where they had like the giant, which I forgot, I totally forgot about where it's like that giant fluorescent color face on the screen with like the, the, the two small eyes and the mouth that was like sentient and would like talk. To get yes, like that. I forget what it was called, right. but like, I totally forgot about that. I was like, wow, I remember that. That's right. You were three, three years younger than me. You were watching Nick Jr. I wasn't watching. No, I just remember from just seeing it around. I wasn't watching the programming. Blue's Clues, huh, dad? I mean, they do talk about Blue's Clues. Apparently, that dude was like I should a hope so. Yeah, that, yeah, that dude was like a skater, apparently, and like, yeah, nothing like that character at all. And they just like asked him, he was like, "Hey, did he start like a band afterwards? Or, I like, think did so. he put out a record? I remember that. I think, yeah. Basically, they were saying that he like came in, and he thought he was just doing voice work, and they're like, "No, you're gonna be like live action on the show, and you're and you're gonna want to dress more conservatively." Is that okay? He's like, "Yeah, I guess so." And then, and then he was Ruined like, his life." Yeah, I mean, I guess he's well. He said something like he didn't really like the pants or the clothes they were wearing, but he just. You know, oh yeah, they did that guy so it. dirty, so yeah. dirty. I feel like even like the new whoever him, like the character was on that show, or maybe yeah. it's always a different one, but like he looks cooler. Well, I said basically that like what they they said was the downfall, almost in a way of the of I say like the golden age or the orange age was was oh Jesus Christ yeah sorry <laughs> um, was uh the uh, was SpongeBob and Dora the Explorer because that was yeah. what, what kind of like took it into like this other stratosphere where like where it, it fell apart like this, right it came this like more of this money-making thing and not about what it was founded on when it was founded on of just like creating programming for kids that original like, ideas yeah original ideas that had them in mind and wasn't about making money so it was just about just making the programming and that and it was that shift that really kind of kind of took it out, out of the thing and that happens like anything else you know what i mean just, they bought like, ninja turtles as well like yeah i mean 
it's funny that they talk about that in the beginning saying like they didn't want to just do that like they didn't want to just like try to syndicate those shows or try to bring they wanted just to have their own i mean obviously because nobody people also didn't want to sell to them but they also were just like yeah we're just going to start doing our own programming and that's how you get like doug and doug was amazing like and and they talk about until it wasn't ren stimpy and and until it wasn't keep what are what are other shows that went bad Rock Those are really the only life. two, honestly. No, Rock Rocco's Bottom Life was great the whole time. Did you watch the movie? No, I don't. I, I vaguely remember it. No, no, no. It came out on Netflix like a few years back. Like, oh, really? Two years ago. Oh, they I thought did... they made one like during the t- like around the time. They may have as well, but yeah. um, yeah, they did it where they like took care of the cliffhanger from the last episode, and wow, it's and that. it's also like you know like a Rocco's Modern Life take on like now. It's it's really really good. It's all the original people, you know, hand drawn animation. Wow. Very cool. Uh, well, maybe like computer, but you know, it's not like 3D. Re- really, really, really came together quite nicely. I recommend it. It's on Netflix. Cool. Yeah, I, I, for me, like watching that, I, I remember just like how gross Ren and Stimpy was. Like I watched it as a kid, yeah. but just like how, like a lot of and how so gross above, the creator, is. right? It was, it was above. Did that heads. come up in the documentary? No, they didn't talk. What about a that. creepy scumbag that guy is. Oh, oh, is he? I, I don't really know a whole lot about him. Yeah, dude, he had like fourteen-year-old girlfriends and stuff like oh. that at the time. Ooh, no, yeah. they didn't talk about that at all. Real, real bad guy. Yeah. Oh wow. Do, do not Google John K. You'll be so depressed. It'll be as depressing as finding a corpse and then dumping it at uh, a dark pool below the falls, because that's what happened in the movie. Because we're getting yes. back to that. I, uh, yeah. Sorry, we, I, had to, we had to digress. Yeah. I, this movie deserves the kind of excitement we just had for Nickelodeon because it's it's a good time. Yes, I at agree. At this point everything changed because so far i'm like this is a fine movie i don't know if i'd say i loved it but it's definitely like you got to watch this thing because there's the lead up it takes a minute but once we're at this point we are cooking and there's so many like great stuff from here right so he 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 gets away with it you know no one's looking for janice yet or not janice i'm sorry uh for greta no no no, not greta uh (laughs) verna Good boy. We're getting them all mixed up now. I hope that could be saved in editing. Yes. So yeah, Larry, he's scot-free. He's super rich now. And he heads to South America and the Caribbean. And he's just, you know, just trying to get through it. But he's still pretty bummed. I mean, he definitely did love Verna. Yeah. Yeah, He was willing to give up money for her, which is his greatest love so far. Mm-hmm. And he's in Jamaica and he runs into Janice. It's the, second you know. time, it's the second time he runs into Janice uh, because he ran into her in, at a restaurant in California. Yes, which was when, also he, when he's out with Verna on a date yes. and, and she was so rad. She's like, dude, fuck you. You she left me at the it, train yeah. station. Peace. And it was so good. Yes. Within this re-release cut, you know, you got Susan Hayward and Jane Greer top billed with Robert Young and they're only in it 18 and 17 minutes respectively. <laughs> yes, which is great. Because the but whole yeah, time... I mean, it's kind of like this on The Simpsons. There's this one episode where they introduce a new character to Itchy and Scratchy called Poochie. Mm-hmm. And when they're going through the creative meeting the whole time, they're like, we want the audience to say, where's Poochie? When's Poochie coming back? You know? And that's how I felt about Jane Greer the whole time. I'm just like, where is Jane Greer? Is that really all we're getting her for? But mercifully, she's back and she's the back. movie is better for it. They decide to get back together and they head back to Los Angeles. Things seem to be good. He's going to meet her at the hotel. When he's going there, he actually sees Trenton go into the room. Trenton has a very distinct face, so it was not yes. hard to recognize him when he came back. Yes. You know Trenton, something's afoot now. Played by Tom Powers. Mm-hmm. I feel like he'll be back. I didn't look too deeply into him, but he's got a face for Noir. I was going to say, it seems, seems like he would be, be coming back at some point. 
great name too. Tom Powers. Yes. That guy, you know, he was just on a gravy train and biscuit wheels of a career, you know, just <laughs> rocket to the moon. So yeah, he's, they, they go into the, uh, the room together and they're talking and Larry, he goes to listen and he's eavesdropping. Does he, I think he even has like a glass to the, to the wall at one point, right? Or am I just making that up? I think you might even, I don't recall that. It was definitely some kind of like listening thing that he was trying harder. Maybe you had a different print than I did. <laughs> Fair enough. I might just be putting that visual in my head, but yeah. yeah um, maybe you hoped that that's what he had. I think he was just, I, from what I remember, I think it just, he was just there listening. Like he was outside. He just kind of had his ear up to the window. It's not that exciting with or without a glass. But yeah, it, it turns out that Trenton's been looking for Verna and he tried to get Janice to, to help out and to get Larry to come home back to the state so they can figure this thing out. Right. Trenton decides to call the police. He doesn't like where this is going. And so they search the entire ranch. They're looking for Greta. Well, I guess we should mention, so they, there are a couple scenes in there where she like allegedly kind of rekindles their flame and, and basically gets them to come to... She like He thinks that they're in a relationship again. Well, yeah. I mean... In general, I think we just want to, I don't want to, you know. Everything's going well before he heads to the hotel thinking, yeah, we're back. This is the life I'm going to live. He gets out of his depression. Yes. See the movie. It's a good, it's a good movie. So yeah, the police are now there. He keeps saying also that, you know, Werner just ran off. He hadn't really heard from her since. There's a, did we miss the roommate? Verna's roommate? I think at that point. If not, it's not a huge deal, but the roommate's looking for Verna. And she says, I think it had happened because she threatens to call the cops. The cops weren't involved yet. Yeah. Because she, she's owed some rent. She's like, all right, that's fine. I'll just call the cops and we'll figure this out. And that's where Larry goes, hey, no, no, no. I'll cut you a check for right. 82 bucks or something like that. But Trenton finds out about it. That's what happens. And that's yeah, and he's like, what's going on here? Ex- yeah. Exactly. So now the police, they're searching the entire ranch. It's looking like, hey, we're not finding anything. They find the horse. Yes. And the horse, when uh, Larry found Greta's body, the horse was still around. Like the horse, they show the horse at the top of the falls. And then all of a sudden, yeah, the horse had broken both of its front legs. So I guess it slipped as well. Yes. At some point, it's so that's maybe what brings me back to maybe she did slip and didn't kill herself. I kind of took it as since they had such a friend, like a friendship or a bond, that maybe the horse, like, kind of recognized and wanted to be with her. So when the horse was laying down there, yeah, it seemed like it was like laying with her or something. But yeah, you think it was just trying to get down there. Trying to get down and slipped and broke its legs. And it was just kind of like stuck there and just kind of. A lot of ambiguity with these falls. Maybe there's even more deleted scenes we don't know about that tells you what's happening at at these falls that everybody's dying. But they find the horse. One of these cops is like, hey, should we shoot it? You know, like let's put out of its misery. And while they're doing that, they find a body behind the rocks. They don't show it, of course, but it's Greta, but they assume that it's actually Verna because everybody thinks Greta still had burned up right. in this fire. Right. And the storekeeper, he had actually seen Larry and Verna when they were driving away when they were taken off. So they think that Larry had killed Verna because she was blackmailing him. Yes. And then we're back to the present. Yeah, and the so this is where we get that that cut jail room scene, possibly, where he, you know, is talking to Janice, and you know, Janice is back on board. She, she likes Larry again. You know, somehow. Somehow. But he's saying, like, I know things are not going to work out, and you know what? For myself, I already know what the judgment is. When it's over, 
If you need me for anything, if I can do anything, I'll be waiting. There won't be any waiting. But they believe you, Larry, some of them. They wouldn't be out this long. Maybe they like the free meals. Don't, Larry. Or else they're waiting for morning. So everyone will be on hand for the show. But, Larry, if you can convince me... The jury doesn't matter. Or the judge. Or the people in the orchestra seats. Or even you, Skipper. I listened to my story. I brought in my own verdict. So we head back to court, and the jury's ready to deliver the verdict. There's a lot of buildup. They take their sweet time, and right when they're about to announce it, Larry, out of nowhere, just rushes to an open window, and he's about to jump, and they say, no, 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 sir. We're actually going to shoot you dead. And then the instead of being horrified by this, the jury was like, oh, by the way, not guilty. Yes. What do you, yeah. you think of the jarring, that jarring ending? Were you surprised? I was extremely surprised. Between right. that and when the car accident happens, I mean, they yes. totally took me. They're, they're the reasons to watch this movie. Yes. Because that's the stuff that sticks with you. The performances are fine. The plot's fine. But it's not spectacular without those moments. I agree. Yeah, I think that's what like made me really appreciate this film in particular was that last scene. Like, I really thought it was a great ending. Really came together by that. Yeah, and, and I, I really liked it because it was so surprising to me. Like, I, I think leading up, I'm like, I, I don't know how this is going to end. And it was still a surprising end. And I thought it was great. And, and it kind of left me just, like, in shock. I remember watching on TCM when I watched it, I was just like, wait, wait, what? Like, I, it just, like, really stuck with me because of that. That really, because it's that lasting impression that it gives, you know? There was a bright side, too. So I accidentally spoiled the ending for myself. Oh, you did? Ever so slightly. So I went to the Wikipedia real quick just to see if this was had enough for me to work with, and it was fine. I scrolled down quickly, and all I saw was not guilty. Uh-huh. So I'm like, all right, that's going to happen. Yes. But I didn't know that that okay. was... So I was still... I was like, oh, I was very grateful in a way because I'm like, oh, good. Yeah. It still shocked me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. that, that, that doesn't give away too much. That, so um, it was okay, but yeah. the potential was totally there, and I was really bummed for like a half second. But of course, the movie code at the time wasn't going to allow suicide, so they had we got to have guilty people being punished, so bang, bang. Yep. And, you know, he was already – it didn't matter if he was guilty or not guilty. He, he knew he was going to jump. He yeah. he'd done some bad things. But I think this the one thing about this movie of what I like, and it's what I like about a lot of film noir in general, is that – I, I like when it starts out kind of just, I don't want to say mundane, but just kind of very just like, it's it, it just a, it just like a melodrama or whatever. And then at some point it just takes a turn or it goes into like a high gear where it just shifts and then it becomes more like a film noir and it goes down this path and you're just like, how did we get here? Kind of thing. If like it's just, successful, it it's, if it's, it's successful. the best things. Yes. Otherwise it's a goddamn death nail in these things. And it's, right. it's one of my least favorite things. So I don't know if it's something I go seeking out, but if it works out, like it did in this case, I'm totally on board. I'm glad you liked it. I, I, I was hoping that you would like it. Yeah, I would say like not loved, but also I, I would say whatever is in between that. Because I, 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 like, I, I don't want to be like, this is one you got to drop everything and watch. But if you got nothing to watch, I'd say watch this movie. It's really good. Would you um, say you'd love it? Like, like so yeah, an axe murder? Ex- like, you exactly. Know, like- I, 100% Mike Myers here saying, I love this movie for sure. Because 
the I would say the bright side of when that happens is it allows the actors and the script to work because a lot of like the film noir tropes they're fish in a barrel you know you do them right which isn't that hard to do if you're a competent filmmaker it's going to be fine you know it's going to be a good good enough movie but to show that you have characters that are interesting yet good dialogue and you have the actors to pull it off is important yeah no I I, I like the actors I, you know I I, I think it works. I think it just... It, the cast is one of the best things about this. I, yeah. I don't think this would have worked without anyone else. And it's really fascinating. I mean, there's so many scumbags that could have played this role, but just to have Robert Young do the polar opposite. Right. I think the against typecast, I think, helps it. You know, it's, yeah. just, it's, it's such a kind of like a weird, kind of bizarre thing in and of itself. Robert Young was kind of typecast in life too, you know, you, because everyone was looking for those happy adjusted characters, but he was actually a pretty depressed guy. He was an alcoholic at one point and he had a suicide attempt in January of 1991. Oh, wow. But, you know, he actually, after it happened, he spoke candidly about his problems and, and encouraged others to seek help. The Robert Young Community Mental Health Center is named after him oh, wow. uh, in honor of his work and the passage of the 708 Illinois tax referendum, which hmm. established the property tax to support mental health programs in his home state. Wow. I didn't know that. Other than that, I feel like we've covered Jane Greer. I would say... Susan Hayward, she's so good in this. See, I want to live, but also we're going to get to it. So if you want to just wait for the lads. Also, she died in that John Wayne movie that killed everyone and gave yes. her cancer. The Conqueror. I almost feel like that should be a bonus episode for us at some point, just because we're coming across so many of these actors. I know. I feel like we should do it like maybe that's like a New Year's episode or something like that. Like, you know, like the last thing, just like a tie it all together sort of thing. I don't know. Yeah. Well, uh, maybe we'll do that in our episode 52 where we just go hog wild. Yeah. Did John Wayne ever do any noir? I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't know if he could have, but I'd also be so curious to see that. I don't really like John Wayne, to be honest. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just kind of like whatever about him. All right, baby. Yeah, just like him. It's like, okay, I get it. <laughs> and I love Westerns. Um, it's just like, I'll, I'll watch other Westerns. I just don't necessarily need to see his. He was a guy who was just so popular that I just couldn't gravitate towards him for a while. But, yeah. you know, I saw stuff like The Searchers. I really sure. like The Searchers. I mean... He, He's good, but he's not someone that I'm like running out towards. Yeah. I gravitated towards like the, the Eastwood, like. I was about to say Eastwood would be, yeah. I feel like Eastwood was our John Wayne. Yeah. Like um, I, I was, I always would watch like the Sergio Leone. Yeah. Like kind of ones, you know? Yeah. There you go. Watch that. Don't watch a movie with a guy who killed all the actors in it. Yeah. Watch all three, three of those, the, of that trilogy, the, the man with no name trilogy in one weekend. Cause I've done that before and it's great. His name's Clint Eastwood, Dan. In the movie, we all know his name is Clint Eastwood, Mr. Eastwood. Or watch all the Dirty Harrys if you you know you don't want to watch a western, but you want to watch a franchise with Clint Eastwood in it. Or Heartbreak Ridge. Is there more of those? No, I, so there should be. There should be. So a if sequel, you're not right? watching a fran- or you're watching a future franchise that we're still waiting on, imagine him coming out now all skeleton like. I will say that Heartbreak Ridge is a pretty darn long movie, so it almost feels like you're watching two movies. What's the one where like he's like Satan? He's Satan. Yeah. I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> yeah, there's one movie where he's Satan. Oh. But it's like a Western. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it sounds interesting. It sounds like something I would watch. I mean, of course, he's not like Satan, like, you know, devil horns and stuff. But like, he's just like, yeah, this like unknown gunman, another, I believe another man with no name. Oh. And, uh, but uh, yeah, he may be Satan. Oh, I kind of want to look that up and see what that is. Maybe I should Google that right now. Uh, High Plains Drifter? Yeah, that's the one. Okay. I don't think I've seen that. It's good. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. I do love a good Western. That's one of those good Westerns for sure. I think we're, we're, we're coming back with a noir, a noir Western soon, aren't we? We are. Yeah. 
I mean, not too soon, but you know, in the near future. We yeah, have planned. next month or so, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So look forward to that. Anything else before we wrap up? Nope. I'm. I'm just like we said before. I'm glad that Warner Archive keeps stepping up to the plate, and and I think the only thing is it didn't have any bonus features, but I think I'm okay with it. I, I don't know what else they would have really had with this one, but I think the print looks great. Time, Dan. You know, like I, right. I the think this thing was good. done, and they're just like, get it out. We don't have time for a historical commentary or anything like that. It's weird, too, because you'll see Warner Archive, like, post trailers on their social media, and then it's not on the Blu-ray. Yeah. Um, that's something I would say is a minor criticism, but, you know. Right. But the print looks great. I'm, I'm happy with the, the cover, cover phenomenal. artwork. Still looks great. Like, it's still the original poster kind of thing, you know. Exactly. There's, there's so much there. Right. And, you know, yeah. We just gave you a commentary. Just put on the movie, watch this. I think this is about the same running time. Yeah, just about. But yeah, it's a fun Decide fun... to shut the fuck up now. Right. It's a fun movie. 95 minutes. It's good. Yes. It, it, it's now longer than when yep. we could have originally recommended it, but it seems for the better. I can't imagine what you would take out without making small minor damages to the plot. So yeah, leave it alone. It's fun to look at a movie and read the back and it says uncut, you know? That, yeah. You know, you're in for a good time if that happens. I get, a, I get a little bit more excited when I see that. I, I will, I will not lie to you. I Yeah. And they knew it this one. You got to put it large and in charge on the back. When you say newly restored and uncut original release version on on the back in bold letters at the top. There's a couple other things I I should have pointed out earlier, but uh, they got some taglines on the cover. It says, he lived a lie that led him from one disastrous love to another, which is great. Mm -hmm. And then on the back, they're even like, yo, the original RKO publicity tells the story. When a man goes to the devil, he usually takes a woman with him. This man took three. (laughs) love it so that, that's a that. job that's a job right there that's that's a job i'd like to have right writing for these warner archives tagline you know they adding, adding to. They, yeah. all they did was well, i'm saying around it too i mean just putting yes. them together you know making sure it's there and, and selling your movie definitely but dan next week boy my, is gonna be my favorite episode you want to know why why i don't have to put in any sound clips for it even right <laughs> now i don't even have a trailer to put in because it's not in english and it would not make sense Unless you, did, like, unless you did a voiceover. If you did like, did some type of voiceover over it, maybe. I'll do the translations. Yes. Yeah. yes. Oh, boy. So instead of no work, I've just now made more work. Yes. So you just you know, basically screwed yourself on that one. <laughs> yeah. And also everyone involved with such a brilliant film. So I'm going to not do that. But it's a great concept. But speaking of great concepts, join us next week for High and Low from 1963. This is from Akira Kurosawa. And we're in My Japanese for this one. Yes, one of the all-time greats, one of the all-time great films. You're in for a treat if you've never seen this one. Or if it's been a while, like us. I, yeah, it's been a while for me. We're going to get into it, but, you know, it, I feel like when you do Kurosawa, you're just doing everything, and then, you know, you wake up, and it's, like, 15 years later, so. Yeah. No, I'm looking forward to it. I dip in and out. Like, I love Kurosawa, but, like, I'll go maybe long spurts of time without seeing it, and then you watch it, and then you're always reminded. You're like, yeah, this is why, you know, he's always touted as one of the greatest directors of all time. He's just It's, it's weird. Just like, it's movies I don't watch a ton, but I'm always talking up. <laughs> right, exactly. Because you've seen them, and you're like, wow, these are fantastic. But they, they can be a little bit long. So it's just, you know, it's a lot There's a lot to really, you know, you have to kind This of, one's pretty gentle it uh, is. compared to other ones. So Yes, for sure, for sure. I would say it's riveting. Yes. Yeah. I mean, they all are, but this one is also riveting. So join us next week. We're going to go high and we're going to go low. Dan, thank you for joining me for another episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, feel free to rate and review us on iTunes. I will. Yes, please do. <laughs> we, we need some ringers in here. Email us at thereeloutofthepodcast at gmail.com. We got stickers and an address. I'll send them to you. No problem. 
the cost of a stamp. I got that to spare. Yeah, why not? For I'm our fans, any, anything for our fans. For our fans, I'll lick a few stamps. Come on now. That's it then. We're, we're going. Thank you for joining us. And until next time, here's the crime. Crime. Ling. <laughs>